Let's do start with that. <clears throat> I mean, I don't even. <laughs> so I, I mean, I was making a joke with somebody the other day, and then it turned into a very serious conversation. Oh no! Was I there for that? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, it was just me and Sam hanging out. I'm oh, put, always I'm gonna, dangerous. I'm going to put Sam on blast. Okay. So he was talking about an argument um, against monotheism, which I am very fond of. Okay. fond of these arguments. Yeah. Oh, not of the concept necessarily. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so he was talking about... Go either like, way on the theism. So he was selling me on his pitch about what he's, you know, talking about. Um, Is it hard to concentrate with a dog caressing your toes with yeah, his tongue? A little bit, but it's also really <laughs> nice. I feel like I'm at the spa. You can, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just replaced your toes with a piece of bison jerky, so you should be good for a minute. At least I know that I don't live up to that flavor <laughs> exactly I, if you did you wouldn't have toes that's <laughs> true um so he Possibly. was talking about this concept of how to um make a statement <laughs> that would convince people of his idea that this like religious fucking i don't i, I don't want to like be specific with it but like this structure this religious structure that okay. is monotheism yeah that it would convince them that that's a stupid idea and I go, man, nobody's ever tried that before. <laughs> so his attempt at doing so was to go, like, to, to meet somebody at their level. Okay. Right. And, and make a lot of assumptions and then try to dispel how ridiculous the idea is from there. And so when he started to sell me on it, I stopped him like three words in. I was like, you just made a whole bunch of assumptions. You said he. <laughs> You made it personal. Right. Like it, you, you just like took all these human aspects and applied it to a deity, which I think is very anti-deity. So his idea is to sell people on the idea that in order to become a god, you have to go against God. And I was like, now you understand Satanism, which he didn't know what I was talking about. He just laughed. But that's essentially... I thought you were talking about the... Yeah. The, I'm talking like Anthony... Soy-based product yeah anton levy like <laughs> satan <laughs> say say 10 yes exactly uh was that also not a song by our dear beloved Marilyn? yeah he's a good say guy he's a good guy yeah. um i kind of wish yeah. sam was here because why does he care this is what i got to um and to kind of put it in perspective i said well you made like women make everything like creative energy is female energy. So if you were going to talk about a deity creating everything, my guess is that it would be female. Uh, oh, that's where the divine feminine comes from. Uh, yeah, got it. I was on a totally different program there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I was coming back around. Okay. I was, I was getting to it. Um, I can already tell you why he cares. He wants, he wants to alleviate some of the suffering that his family sure. or friends share in by believing this ridiculous premise how much suffering does he go through trying to relieve that of others more right than they actually do because 
what I tried to tell him is like, they don't think about it. They just accept it. There is no suffering there. Yeah, it might get in the way when, you know, you have some shame or some guilt because, you know, that's going around these religious circles. Um, is it like a contagious thing or? Yeah, I think so. What's the, what's the vaccine for, for that shame and guilt thing um, in, within that context? I think you just. It's a specific kind of water, isn't it? <laughs> I think bat, baptism. Is that the is and that no that solidifies the shame. Oh yeah, that's that. It doesn't clean it off. Yeah, that (laughs) that hardens you with it. Is there? There's. I know there's some process like an like quenching, like quenching a hot temper. Yeah, right. The quench seals in the hardness. That seals in the shame. As soon as you baptize a child. Okay, that doesn't (laughs) sound like what I was what I was asking about. But (laughs) sounds like the opposite. (laughs) <laughs> oh right, right. Well, if we find you know what causes it and keeps it there, then maybe we can find what what uncauses it. Okay, <laughs> which might be the same thing. <laughs> Being baptized in like the Church of Satan, you just hold the head under the water a little longer, and yeah. then it's liberating. Yeah, and then it puts the lotion on the skin, and you're good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, it was. It's fascinating how badly he wants to convince somebody of his ideas, and my. My thing was like, I've been there. I know exactly where he's coming from. He's really angry. You went door to door. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. You were (laughs) so convicted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I get it. And then when I turned the other way, man, I really wanted to convince people about how stupid they were, which is not the answer. The answer is to like, just be interested in the subject and you'll know, you won't have to teach anybody about it. You'll just be talking about things that are interesting and people will come to you. That way you're not convincing them. That's the best way to convince somebody. It's a con. You came to me for the information that now I can like, now because you think it's genuine and I'm not trying to trick you. Well, and it's not even so much a con as so, I think. I, I'm so, let me just, yeah, yeah. I, I got to get one, go back one here. So if they invite you up onto the porch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, yeah. But if you just walk up and start knocking. Yeah, no one's listening. No one's listening. Yeah, so like if the audience wants to hear what you have to say, you don't have to force it as much as like, trying to pound somebody in the head with a hammer, telling them what your idea is that doesn't is, want to hear. They're it. already convinced. Right. Because you've said something or you made a remark or a question or you live in a way that they go, oh, shit, they're doing something that I'm not. And then they try to like, so what did you think about stuff? Is he a projector? I think he's a generator. Yeah, I think he is. Too. But he refuses to do it, which yeah. is a... It's another subject. Yeah. <laughs> So, I keep I keep poking and prodding at him to find yeah. out why, and he's very resistant to it. Yeah, he's pretty okay. good. Anyway, I gave him a huge list of books to read, of which he probably won't read any of them. Hopefully, he hears it on Rogan. Yeah, if it was on, jo- if, if like, so I I told him to uh, read Under the Banner of Heaven. Okay. Yeah, Th- that'll be a an experience. Yeah, <laughs> I would would think. Yeah, you gotta. I mean, the best way to like unwind any kind of debate or whatever is to know about the other side, to know exactly what somebody believes and like know the the root of it, where it came from. That got us on the subject of the King James Version of the Bible, which, you know, is not the most accurate translation from writings that we deem um, godlike or godly inspired or however you want to put it. Uh, it was a political move in 1611 to like start shifting things around for political power away from the Roman Catholic Church. So why is that not surprising? Because people <laughs> still use that as like like that's the most read version of the Bible, and it's not very read. It's the most purchased, I should say. 
that's just a lot of hotel chains. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's you know. Not there's some truth to that. There's not a lot of people that are like, all right, what's in this book? And that's why I told Sam because I don't think he's actually read through it. And I was like, I mean, if you really want to do a good job at like telling people about this book, you should actually read it. Yeah, there was a documentary that was like that. I think. Hmm. We were we were unconvincing because none of us watched it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And I'm still never going to watch it. I don't even remember what it was fucking called. Game Changers? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say Satan. <laughs> Satan. <laughs> Satan. It's a sales pitch for Satan. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I, I thought it was a good subject for like, how do you convince somebody? And the real question is like, why would you want to convince somebody? Yeah unless you're doing that to convince yourself it would be helpful if you know it would reassure me if others believe what i believe Mm. to um you know reinforce my own like make me feel uh, if five other people are like you're right mark you're like oh fuck maybe i'm right fucking thank god because it takes the pressure off of it right right then then i don't have such a responsibility or it's like i'm not the only one i'm not crazy it really right. was a stake and not a cross. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine it like this, like the heavens open and, you know, whatever deity comes down and he's like, I told you guys it was in a book and everybody had access and everything was known. And I'm like, sorry, I wasn't convinced. Like, Yeah, your book sucked, dude. <laughs> yeah, like it really didn't capture my attention. Um too long didn't read it <laughs> <laughs> like hey we have a media company that has published a few things if you want to revise it yeah, yeah. Exactly. well and then if i would be like open. A, is there a cliff notes sort of version or maybe some direct injection yeah, we could probably lose it's, some chapters yeah. sorry sorry i was referring to the previous ep- podcast episode with the direct injection oh because oh, you just listened to that again last night didn't you <laughs> yeah it's they're awful human beings. Oh, I got a message. I woke up to a message from Brian Shotwell this morning apologizing okay. for oh yeah, same. The, oh, the microphone. I I, yeah, okay. I, uh, I received a similar. Good. Oh, we all got them. Yeah. My all next right. one is like, if you really felt so bad, he, you so wouldn't have woken me up with another. To, yeah, right. The podcast. <laughs> Should we call Josh out for clogging the garbage disposal to see if he listens to this one? <laughs> <laughs> Did he like shave his beard off or, or let him or know what happened after five days? His odor is finally out of Aaron's office. Well, I smudged. Right. You did a lot of things. In I there. did a lot of smudging. Um, it and was rearranging. Not, I noticed that the, the feng shui in there is quite a bit more pleasing now. It's, it's pretty good. good better, or, um, I don't know if that's the, you know, let's just say the arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the like, there's the, the, there's the disaster corner that I haven't finished yet, but that really bothers you. It fucking <laughs> irritates the shit out of me. I don't, I can't even sleep thinking about it. <laughs> there, there is some, there's a flow in rooms. That, like it has to, it has to make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and I say that knowing full well that our office is a disaster right now, but I don't know what to do with it. Our could, office. Yeah. 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 Could paint a wall pink and see what happens. I keep removing shit and more shit just keeps showing up. Yeah. That's a good idea. Actually, I would probably go for like a, the sunburst like gold please say right behind mark yeah <laughs> i'm gonna paint your wall just that's not a bad idea because then we look at the color that we want to see or whatever I, i'd say just uh 
you can just draw a little halo on the whiteboard. Nice. Right right about head <laughs> so if you yeah, like a, head height behind me. So when a you're beach st- scene, maybe a <laughs> parrot that sits like right on Mark's shoulder when he sits up right the right way. So stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> I can't get into that right now. Please. Please, no pony space. Oh, god damn it. I wasn't even thinking about that. Fuck you, Berkey. <laughs> Oh man, and the fact that he just had that in the arsenal of videos waiting to launch it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was, he seemed to think it was a good thing that he didn't go looking for that. And he just had it when I sent him <laughs> back the text, like, "Don't you do other shit?" He, it really bothered him. Really? Yeah. We, like he saw that us and, discussing it. No, no, him, no, no. Him, like, okay, him seeing the video, uh, and it's it was like, troublesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, so troubling. I, I saw guess. a couple years ago. I identified that there was a difference between furries and feline lifestyle. So you can like, if you're into cat living, I I don't know how they. I know there's a certain term, but it's like human cat. Like you identify as a cat. So you you're not into the costuming. You paint yourself as a cat. And there's a whole there's a whole array of YouTube videos. So you're like, more Michelle Pfeiffer than Holly Berry. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I, I gotta go ahead and ask, and, and this gets weird. Where's the litter box? What room in the house <laughs> is what I, I need to. I, I need didn't to even get, think of that. I didn't either. I need but... to get to that right now. Is it next to the toilet? So depending on how you are painted, you like choose one or the other, depending on what you're channeling in the moment, or. I mean, uh, it probably is a different sort of fetish that goes into that part of it. Everybody needs to get rid of the food that they ate, however. <laughs> and if you're going to be in character, I yeah. mean, there's <laughs> I have kind of only one way. <laughs> I did have a friend who taught his uh, kitty how to use a regular toilet. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Yeah. And that's I didn't cool. believe it until I saw it. Yeah, okay. And they actually make this thing that like goes in the toilet bowl okay. that you put kitty litter in. Uh-huh. And then you can like slowly punch holes in it. Yeah. So the cat gets used to getting on the toilet and using the kitty litter in the toilet. And then you slowly remove the kitty litter before the cat eventually just gets used to using the toilet. Okay. So of course there's a product line to go with it. It's a commercial operation. Of course. With a brilliant outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Um, we could teach humans how to do that with certain things. Like going to the bathroom. Yeah, like not pissing on the floor. Yeah, I wonder about that sometimes. <laughs> like every time you don't piss on the floor or that you wipe it up, like something pats you on the head. Or you get a, like a treat comes out. Yeah, like a mint. good boy. <laughs> a mint. <laughs> a mint. <laughs> like, I, you can't really use urinal and mint in the same sort of sentence uh, right, without patty. evoking a certain... Flavor profile, <laughs> I guess. It's a good way to put it. I'm not sure where the fetish goes with the kitty box, but okay. what I did notice, and it was funny at the time and also disturbing, was it's highly sexualized right out there in the open on YouTube. Okay. And the more, like, the comments are really like, oh, look how natural you are in the environment. And it's like, and they'll start requesting certain movements. Will you lick your paw? Like, in the next video, will you, like, touch your ear like fold your ear down and it's like look how elegant everybody's like every every comment was from somebody who gets off on this kind of fetish but it's out in the open and it's it's right there so it's super so i knew about the feline lifestyle thing because i'd laughed about it quite a bit and then berkey he we're driving down to the symposium and he was telling me about the horseplay and i was like 
I immediately knew what he was talking about. And I was like, I didn't think it went that far. I thought like, you know, cats, it was species restricted. Yeah. I thought like cats are sexy <laughs> or like, you know, whatever the, like, no one wants to be a horse. Like, well, apparently that's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> and so he started explaining to me and I'm laughing. And he's like, the thing that really bothered me, the thing that is stuck in my head that I can't, I can't get out of my head is the fact when they refer to themselves, they refer to themselves as, um, not born horses. As opposed to fake horses. Right. Not, which would not naturally they, born. Right. I'm, I'm an unnaturally born horse. Yeah. I was, I was uh, it goes right back to the theism thing we were talking about there <laughs> earlier. Of, <laughs> I didn't know this one could go full circle, but. Yeah, already. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, you guys, we seriously, it, I just got to be, in, it, it's been at least 20 episodes since we talked about fitness. Oh, has it? I All noticed right. your post about Payson, and you're like, oh, he talked about fitness because we don't do that on the nonprofit anymore. And I was like, man, Mark's calling us out. <laughs> well, well, it, it was so funny because how would you train to be a better horse? <laughs> lots of lots of squatting. Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. Of bear crawls. I, I'd, uh... <laughs> I mean, it was actually a thing called the horse walk. Yeah. Galloping? You yeah. Galloping? You'd have to, you know, because... Um, Percy Sarity, actually famous sort of mm. you know, running yeah. coach back in the day, when he was running himself, there was like early on in his, in his career before he realized that it wasn't as efficient as he imagined it was, um, his, his running, personal running style was a bit more like a gallop. And, it, uh, and I'm just going to leave that where it is because to, to, he's quite a, a, a deity to me. Yeah. And I don't want that to get any weirder than, you know. But uh, and he did like his, the raw oats, which I think he, horses are fond of. Uh, oh did. my god! Do you think he was? <laughs> it, am See, I the only exactly. one thinking of Monty Python right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and someone with coconuts. Yes. I just. <laughs> god damn it! Yeah. I so I I would. Uh, you know, you def- definitely have to have some 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 uh, sort of movement specificity in your training. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it! I mean, is that equine therapy? Jesus Christ! It does, <laughs> and does that trump quinine therapy? <laughs> you know, I brought a notebook because I thought it was going to be a serious episode. Oh, okay. I should have known better. No. <laughs> you should have. I. I feel recovered enough to talk about some, you know, some serious things, some serious shit. I just don't have any. Well, let's start with how was your uh, weekend? Ooh, you went up um, to Idaho and did I, some things I, with I, some people. I, I went deep into the Panhandle. Yep, it was, uh, and I, I, I fellowshipped with um, old friends and new, and uh, and there was a little bit of shooting. I did. Um, Get my ass handed to me. You know, I did sure. recognize some oh, nice. some some, some uh, failings. Well, that's good, guess, right? Whatever. Gives you that's the something only, to work on. The only reason that I, yeah. I mean, that's why you go to, it's like, it's a funny thing because sometimes I think guys, they go to a shooting course or any kind of a course. Um, it's really, un, it's not automatic for people to empty their cup. And to oh, go yeah. seeking with the, with the uh, the spirit of seeking knowledge. Like, I want to improve. Sure. Um, I have nothing I would like to depart with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think sometimes people do show up at these things wanting to show how good they you are. Know, do, how good they are. Like how almost to like show off what they already learn. know. 
Um, and and uh, and it's all it's it's fascinating because that that gets you know depending on I mean Ian uh, from Rune Nation is a he is an incredible instructor and I think I've mentioned it before but his his pre- precision use of language is pretty interesting we were actually talking he he listened to the Payson episode and where Payson was describing his first sort of training session with the guy who does all the strength and conditioning for the Red Bull performance mm-hmm. um, sort of group um, and how it appeared that the guy was after sort of an assessment period in that first workout he was just making shit he was improvising things for Payson to do and um, and Ian had he listened to that and he goes I can't tell you how many drills in how many courses you know, I have a bank, I have a library of stuff, but I I basically take the temperature of the class. I get, I see people go through stuff, and then I I I put, you know, I produce or I offer, present, demand, um, the drills that I think the most people will get the greatest benefit from. And it's not really planned. Yeah, there is sort of a a, a loose outline, like left a skeleton and right limits. Of sorts or, exactly. Yeah. But if people are you know, failing in this, this way with, you know, they're okay. You're, uh, let's see, the typical thing is going to be, you know, too fast, not enough precision. And, um, and so his, uh, you know, he'll get a drill that, you know, starts out fast, get people to, um, to start getting a little bit loose and then have to, uh, address some low probability targets and that kind of thing within the context of that. And so the, the speed changing things, um, are are I think they're always very good and effective and and um and and so there was a there's a lot of crossover with instruction regardless of what you are teaching sure I think there's a lot of crossover for uh I mean certainly between fitness and shooting even shooting photographs um when teaching or discussing it there's I guess because it's human beings doing it so it's uh <laughs> um, yeah it was uh, it was quite a good and yet uh and and well quite a good weekend and of instruction and also exhausting because of the sure uh, everything else the in input you know that's and, going and the on weekend and, prior and, 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 and the weekend prior and the fact that it doesn't really stop it you know like michael and i were talking it doesn't stop at five you know classes all right range is cold you know little little very quick after action and then it's done but that's that's when like the little group forms and then the then the education continues and and um yeah that saturday night i stayed up with this kid marcus um uh for a yeah yeah i kind of shot myself in the foot in the night (laughs) in the night in the (laughs) not like randy but (laughs) yeah (laughs) figuratively figuratively yes i I would say there's a lot of carryover between that and kind of i mean i haven't seen you coach a person per se but I'd say we all kind of take the temperature of the room or the client that comes in and maybe there's like a broad overview of what we want to do, but it's not like it's written on the board. You walk in, you point to it, they go do it. It's, Hey, how you feeling? Go sit on a bike. Let's have a conversation. Oh, you slept like shit last night. Okay, cool. Like in your head, you're like, probably can't do this. Probably can't do that. Pro- yeah. probably would be unuseful to have him sure. do this or yep. her do this. Yeah. And, and I do think for some that comes across as like, Oh, they don't have a plan or they don't know what they're doing. And for some, I think that's true. For others, it's kind of going through the bank of, you know, what what fits in this session based on everything else, all the input that we have from our client or class. Or, and the overview that we are, you know, or the trajectory that we are trying to guide that person along, yep. I think is, uh, is, is something. And I, and I, um, when Ian mentioned that, I, I 
you know, typed back to him. It's like that. Yeah, that's like master's degree level, you know, kind of stuff where you get where if somebody has a vast amount of experience and a sensitivity to what's going on with the students in front of him or the students, the client, whatever, uh, then you can very effectively improvise yep. um, it, it, in a way, but it's you can very ineffectively improvise if you're that person who doesn't yep. have the, that degree, you know, or that level, that amount of experience and feedback and, you know, mindfulness, sure. you know, developed over a bunch of years. Yeah, I can think I mean, back to like when I started coaching, I had to write everything out because that was as much as I knew. Yeah. Like there, I couldn't improvise. I wasn't good enough at the craft or whatever to, you know, walk in and I'm like, uh, like I didn't have enough banked mm. to do it. So it was kind of like that learning process for me of, oh, that was too much, cross it off. And all that stuff kind of comes back as I'm coaching people of, you know, maybe a memory of how somebody looked walking into a gym, the things they said, how they sounded, what they told me they did or ate. And then it's like, oh, right. Okay, cool. I've kind of connected these dots before let's try it a different way something like that yeah I, I i feel like there's um i mean and just watching someone who has and i won't say it uh yet who has achieved a level of mastery in their in the in their craft it's it's fascinating and there were some there were some quite capable uh people there this this weekend I was really fascinated. You guys were doing like the drills, I believe, of like uh, protecting a family member or a friend. Yeah. That's something like, I mean, I'm not big into guns anymore. I've never been good with a handgun, which at some point I want to rectify. But that was, I mean, my training strictly military. Yeah. And granted, you you are taking care of people. You're also in a different scenario. But you're also there with with other capable sure, people that all who, have weapons that all have weapons and and are and are not disinterested in them yes or something this drill came up and when ian started describing it like okay you're going to be in this we're going to do it you know shoot no shoot target identification so all these targets are lined up and you walk down that line um there's no shoots there's very low probability shots somebody and and the the, the shoot targets that are available to potentially be shot are all holding something and you have to identify what that is as you're going through. So it might be a cell phone that looks like a pistol. It might be, you okay. know, it might be a pistol. It might be a hammer or not, you know, whatever that, that, that is. So you, there's the identification part. Um, but then adding, okay, now you have to take someone, you're starting up range and you have to run to this, you know, run to this individual grab them they may they're they could be a family member could be a member of the public whatever um and and someone who doesn't have a firearm is not interested at all in being there in that moment and you having to sort of communicate to them guide them you know get them up to that target array through you know through it solve that problem and then communicate and then you know 180 degrees turn them around and race back towards, you know, this point of cover all the while talking to him. And when Ian was describing this, I'm just like, this has never, I've been in a lot of courses in a lot over a lot of years. So that was new to you too. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But it also is the thing that makes the most sense. This is the thing that this is something that we should have in our heads. You know, if like, okay, loved one unarmed, not in the gun, you know, whatever this is like, how do I communicate? How do I, you know, be, it's just like a dog, be calm, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, because then that will, you know, if you start shouting and you're freaking out, well, what the fuck are they exactly. going to do? And then how do you wrangle them so that you know that they are behind you and what their condition is? So they need to have, you need to have like an arm, an arm locked under, you know, non-dominant shooting hand maybe so that you can keep them pinned behind you. It might be them grabbing your belt, grabbing your shirt, whatever. I was shooting you know restricted visibility meaning everything was undercover except the rifle that day so i couldn't say grab my belt i did the arm drag i also because ian's thing is you know no one is coming to save you i ran up on the the you know the the individual that i was supposed to be guiding i'm like my name is no one i'm here to save you (laughs) (laughs) which nice (laughs) have to you know start off with a little levity sure i guess i appreciate that because that's cool (laughs) Uh, calm someone right down uh if they're if they're in on the joke but um uh uh but that was a, a really fascinating thing and at the end of it you know afterwards nate um who who uh developed and and sells the range fox app he was just like wow you're the first one who communicated with me through the whole thing okay uh, right, rather rather instead of like coming up grab my shirt and then you know we get to the end of the target array and then tell me to run back up towards the barrels or whatever like um because i was talking the whole time because yeah. it seemed like the right thing to do like hey this person needs to know what the fuck is going on right and um uh yeah, it's very distracting, let's say, to have yeah. that person there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> For sure. It was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting and, and, and a very brief introduction to that idea. But it, like I haven't stopped sort of low grade thinking about it. Since. I've been thinking about it. I saw the post he put up two days ago or something like that. And yeah. I was just like, holy fuck, I've never really thought about that in a situation. I mean, I've never been in it or practiced it either, but yeah. Yeah, I found it and, and that one picture, that picture that I put up, I think it's Marcus up front. And he was, uh, um, he was uh, Marine first, got out, then went back Army and was at group for a little bit. And now okay. he's out and he, he teaches some, uh, and he's quite a, I mean, he shot this, um, this this video I'll show it to you guys later of I mean he's a super creative guy he goes out with the camera all the time like yeah. the the number of people that I met there this weekend who have cameras who make stuff Ivan from Kit Badger yeah. uh and, and and Marcus from uh let's see 176 is his handle and and they're they're all they're making they're out there making stuff all the time yep. he sh- Marcus shot this thing of a group moving through a shoot house but you only ever see the feet oh wow Oh, crazy. And it is like, and, and the way that the, the imagery is treated and the music he chose, it's like dreamy and, and it's an essential part of moving through a house. Sure. Yeah. But you never. It's not the part you actually usually see. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants, I want to see the cool shit that they're wearing from the waist yeah. up and the guns. Blah, blah, but you, you can know, actually how doing, tell how good yeah. they are at it by watching, by, the their feet. by watching their feet. Yeah. It is an amazing little thing. Um, so I think it's him in that photo that I shot and he had told Nate, okay, grab my shirt. Cause that's, you know, a t-shirt. And then Ivan was actually running along with a camera on a gimbal filming. Um, so there, there were three people in that, but it was, but it, that was how, you know, he solved it was grab the, grab the t-shirt. Cause then, you know, yeah. if you don't feel them on, on, you know, you lost them, you lost them where, cause they could, and they could be running in any direction at that point. And so you got to <laughs> talk them through what's yeah. happening and it's going to be fucking loud. And, um, Anybody do the piggyback ride? No, I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that one. No, damn no. it. No, but that'd be uh, 
That'd be interesting because if it was a if it was a you know a, a child yeah. of some kind, Maybe. you might want to like. Okay, well, I'm gonna sling my rifle, and this kid's going on my shoulder or whatever, you know, yeah. farmer, yeah, fireman yeah. carry style yeah. or something, you know, over my shoulder, sack of potato style, and then you know, try and solve the problem, you know, strong hand only with a pistol. I yeah. guess I, I, I don't know what one would do. Hmm. There, but Is, was that live fire? Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean they're cardboard targets and they're not Sh- shooting back or anything, but sure, but it's and, it's totally a different scenario to like. I practice with a gun. I go to range. I go to my lane. I shoot it. I put it down. I back away. I reload my mags to like, yeah. even just having somebody next to you, as soon as you have a gun that is <laughs> live, ready to go, and then somebody's in any kind of vicinity, it almost changes everything. Everything gets like really eerie really quickly Yeah, about how weird it is. And how sort of tunnel vision-like you can... Yeah, you naturally sort of get. But but that's the scenario where like if that was the tool for the job, this is exactly where it would be used around other people. There's no oh, yeah. There's no like I'm by myself and I need this gun out. Right. Like, yeah. No, there's no threat. Uh, the whole scenario to me sounds very topical yeah. to like the riots and things like oh, that happening now. Was the first thing I thought of. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if there was a gr- and you know if there was a big group of people and all that noise and stimulus you mean you there's nothing there's no problem to solve there like you grab that person and you get you the fuck out of get dodge the fuck out of dodge because yeah. um i don't know if you saw that uh the charging uh news for the three there's like think three people who after uh the attorney general announced that the shooting that happened out here mm-hmm. um, was justified, et cetera. And there's that big protest yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Well, they charged three people, you know, the, the, there's videotape of one of the, one of the people who was organizing that protest, you know, buying paint from the home Depot, loading <laughs> it into a van by another person yeah. going down there, you know, with, and putting graffiti and, you know, simulated blood and painting, you know, all that stuff, um, some broken windows and then, you know, changes in posture, whatever it was, they're just like, okay, this is a third degree felony because it's federal property, or you know, it's yeah. or it's uh, uh, justice department, state state uh, property, um, you know, blah 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 blah. Mm. But because it was in concert, you know, it was more than one person. Like it's multiple people acting in concert. You get the gang amplifier put on yeah, it, yeah. and so three of these people that were involved in that protest downtown could, like, if there was maximum sentencing, yeah, they could go to prison for life. Holy shit. Ouch. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of reinforces what uh, they were protesting. Right. Which is an abuse of authority. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stacking charges. Yeah. Uh, but it's also like, I, I think most people went out and did stuff because they saw people were getting away with things or they thought that they were getting away with things. Like some of the looting and stuff, obviously people got away with things, but yeah. they, then like, oh, it's our, like no one's getting in trouble. Oh, we can get away with this. Yeah. This is my, the 20, the, the, the sort of question slash statement of 2020 for me, which is, you know, somebody gets in power or has their, either in a position of authority mm-hmm. or in that context where, wow, I'm in a group, I'm wearing a mask, I can do, you know, it's, and, and that thing is, oh, I can get away with this. Yep. Yeah. And therefore, and then it just goes further yeah like you just give yourself permission to behave like a piece of shit in yeah. either con you know whether you're in that position of authority or you're you know in front of the target store <laughs> 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 yeah interesting uh something you said um 
the the scenario thing we talked about the like having somebody with you having to get somebody set like kind of like a gun and shelter kind of deal yeah um we were talking i had damon come in yesterday uh to do some private training nice um for jujitsu yeah for for the for the for the jj the jammer wrestling the yeah the jj yeah the jj um the partner-based karate massage yeah (laughs) Yeah, nice and uh, it was kind of interesting because we were talking about uh something very similar which is like okay when you're first learning you you don't want to risk like the takedowns to start because you just don't know how to fall you don't know you don't know pressure but then you get into this habit of always starting um from like a neutral sitting position yeah which is not a position that you're literally ever in right so you're you're initiating off of something that you're never going to initiate off of yeah so that's all your practice so damon was telling me because i was asking him a couple questions about these positions i've been working on and he's like i i started this too late i didn't start this till like a brown belt but just start in the position you want to work on don't don't try to get to it. Just start in it. In that position. And you will develop it faster than anything. He's like, oh, that's where it should start. Because you're not wasting or, yeah. or spending time trying right. to. And then when you get to the position you want, you're exhausted. And this is something that I always have a problem with is like when you're practicing guard pra- uh, passes or De La Hiva or something like some of these like trickier open guard passes, you like get into the position and then start it. But then when you actually what I found is like when I move into somebody's guard, I wait till they get De La Hiva, which means it's too fucking late because that's how we've trained it. So you need yeah. to train where you actually want to move past or get out of because that way you're like, okay, we're starting get out of it. Um, there's a whole bunch of weird things there that I think are like a testament to how complex anything might be. There, one discussion that came up, like I, I shot the whole first day um, which is all handgun from concealment because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's something I want to practice. And it's also, you know, what Ian had written on his website that mm-hmm. that was the day. And, uh, right. and it turned out I was the only person who showed up <laughs> with concealed stuff. Yeah. How and everybody dare else, you take things literally. How, well, no, I, how dare you read the, <laughs> the instructions? curriculum? Yeah. You know? uh, it, that but, is your fault. But it, uh, yeah, it, which, but it's also the thing, like if I'm, I'm not, you know, it's fun to go and have your belt that has sort of, you know, unlimited source of feed. So I can have four or five magazines on that belt. I can have a drop pouch for that, you know, and I got my medical kit on the back and, you know, uh, all that stuff. Um, That's fun. Sure. But it's also you know highly uh, unlikely uh, highly yeah you're not gonna be like i want to put my belt on you know I'm right. go just going to the bank but you know what today seems like the day d- yeah, yeah exactly so um what is super interesting the course in june the day two the rifle course this kid showed up and he had a t-shirt and jeans yeah. for the for the rifle thing and he had you know a spare a, uh one spare mag in a back pocket and another one in the other back pocket or something like that and after, and I just thought, oh, maybe he just doesn't have the stuff. So but it turns out he works at like a, one of the high-end stores in Colorado Springs. Yeah. He has access to all this stuff. But he also identified beforehand that it's like, hey, if I ever have to use my rifle yeah. for the situation I imagine for myself as a civilian, you know, whatever, if yeah. that's home property defense, you know, who knows what that might be in his mind. He's just like, 
I'm not going to have a fucking full kit and my night vision helm, you know, you, you know, like <laughs> the whole, no, I'm going to grab the thing. There's going to be one magazine in it. I'm going to yeah. get another couple stuff in my pockets and I'm going to go to work, so to speak. And, um, and that ju- I just thought, man, that's the, okay. I, if you're here to learn and here to practice, yeah. the, that's, that's it. You know, if there's something, you know, the riots moved down the street onto mm-hmm. our property here as seemed like it could possibly happen a couple of months ago. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to rifle out of the closet and I'm going to yeah. like. <laughs> e- even given where well, I live right now. Yes. There was a time in, you know, we'll call it mid to late March where things were a little weird around here. Yeah. I'd go downstairs and go to the bathroom and whatever the place is that I lived in at the time. I'd grab a handgun and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to throw this extra magazine in my pocket of like the basketball shorts I'm wearing or yeah. athletic shorts. And it wasn't like, well, I'm going to throw my kid on to go take a piss in the be- place that I live. Because anything yeah. else you're talking about is like open urban combat, yeah. like open urban warfare. Yeah. And then don't leave your fucking house. Like you, yeah. you have no business leaving your fucking house. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you live in a three-story building and it provides some yeah. good visibility, maybe yeah. get on the roof. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> just, roof to, Korean. Just, to, just to see, you know, because no one looks up. Um, but that, you know, it, but it might, uh, fuck, who knows what's going to happen, but then, but then you, you know, I mean, all I just got to say, LARPing is fun. Um, sure. and, it is fun, yeah. And, and uh, but then for the real thing, and then the day, the second day on this course with the rifle, I did the same thing. I shot I, the only thing visible, and I think, I think we convinced Ian to, um, uh, um, to to offer a course, a different course, um, with uh, limited signature pistol and limited signature carbine is what he's um, oh, nice. he, uh, what exactly does that mean uh so shooting from concealment okay or, or whatever um basically and, and he, he he wrote come as you are which is fucking perfect oh um, does limited signature mean like you can't see it exactly or, okay so i had so basically i had uh fishing vest no <laughs> no because that would that <laughs> would be amazing to see you no, fishing vests are short, yeah, yeah. so it'd have to be a photo vest, but oh, that right. would also transport you time-wise back to the 90s. Yeah, yeah, Like, instantaneously, sure. so put a photo vest on, and everybody's like, dude's carrying a gun. Fuck. You know, like, because you don't need a photo vest these days. You have a phone, man. You don't need a, like, <laughs> a, a, a vest with different pockets for different lenses and camera bodies and spare film. I mean, who even knows what fucking film is anymore? Not many. Um, but, but uh, um, so... And it was it was pistol rifle, so I had uh, on my standard normal belt. You know, I had inside the waistband uh, up front carry, uh, so I carry appendix. Uh, so there was my pistol, one spare mag on the back. Then I was wearing a um, my my girdle, uh, not a bridle, a girdle. Um, that basically it's it's a, a um, an elasticized sort of belt pouch that um my friend johnny from first spear makes called the das ding which you know i'd have two mags in that and then and that was on over over the top of a t-shirt because it was fucking 95 degrees and humid um and then i just had uh one of my flowy short sleeve plaid shirts with a couple of buttons unbuttoned on it so the only thing you could see was the, the the rifle and and like yeah you could see the the spare magazines for the rifle printing. Yeah. But all I had to do was just, you know, pretend I was wearing a back brace and I'm old. So people would fucking totally buy that shit. It, I don't think there's that many people that would even look at that and think, Oh, those are magazines. Oh no, I don't think they so. would see something, but it probably escaped their mind. The second it 
you know, went into it. Yeah. And then if you had like a, um, one of the, the kids that was there, um, had a very, very beautiful honey badger in 300 blackout nice. that if, if you took the can off the front of that, I mean, that's something you could easily carry in a messenger bag, nice. you know, with the clot and sta- sure. uh, stock collapsed. And I'm just like, okay, well, so there's, that's a, you know, a mm-hmm. solution. But if that's your solution, then you should be practicing with this in that yeah. way. Yeah. And um, and it was super cool. And then um, Ivan, he was pretty inspired. He shot the whole day, you know, uh, limited signature also with a, a one of those super tiny Sig pistols. Um, I can't remember the, the name, the which model number it is. Um, and you know, uh, his rifle was hot, but everything either in pockets or under a t-shirt. And I thought, okay, this is you know, this is how the neighborhood watch should roll out. You know, because it's better when you don't see it or when they don't see it. Right. Because then it's a surprise <laughs> and it could be fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very right. intrigued by those those courses he has. So at some point, I'll probably buy a handgun finally and partake. We've been talking a bunch. I just, I've got one you can use. I know, but I feel like I need to have my own to like practice with it. And Fair enough. Yeah. All and, I really need to do is go and get a Utah license but it's so convenient to have an Arizona license that doesn't expire for like 30 fucking more years. Right. <laughs> but I, whatever. Um, I mean, I've been putting on my LARPing kit and just doing some dry fire drills. Yeah. Well, so you went through some drills with a friend of ours as well, right? Yeah. That, well, I've been, yeah, I've been practicing. Uh, a couple people gave me some structure, some learning structure um, that really helped. So um, it, it really did like after maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes every other day, there's a distinct difference in where I grab it, where my sight is, yeah. how easy it is to depress a trick. Like everything is like changed. I mean, it just, it's, it's like anything and, and, and it happens. Uh, I mean, it's just, okay. 10 minutes a day yeah. is kind of, is something like if that's what you can do, if you can give yeah. 10 minutes of totally devoted or focused practice, yeah, yeah it comes along. Pretty quick. I'm keeping the LARPing gear because I think my application first will probably be for like some kind of competition. I think that'll really drive me to kind of like oh, yeah. have a reason to go fast um, or a, a reason to like actually focus on it because the a, bell goes A reason off. to shoot accurately. Yeah. yeah. So my first, my yeah. wet dream lately. <laughs> so keep the LARPing gear. Is yeah. At yeah. some point, somebody tries to break in here. Yeah. I text both of you. I hold it down until you guys show up <laughs> in your gear and we take care. That's definitely gone through my head as a thought more than once. Nice. Excuse I mean, me. just, just, I did get a guitar hold it, case hold it to down. put my rifle in. Hold, hold it down for, it's going to take Michael 35 minutes. Yeah. Oh, I'll be good. I'll be good. It's <laughs> a long gunfight. <laughs> no, they're going to be locked up in the utility closet, man. Oh, we nice. get, like we get here. He turns them loose. Oh, right. They try to get out. <laughs> they get out right? It's Isn't like it? an escape room with no door. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> do you want to play a game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Song. <laughs> oh, man, we need another drain hole then. We'll figure if, it out. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. another drain hole. If this building's falling apart anyways. At some point, it's just going to collapse on itself or the tree's going to take us out. That's Yeah. Yeah, thanks for... Uh, advising me to move my car yesterday. Yeah, it was really windy. Yeah. Oh, it's creaking and popping, and that thing's going to be hilarious. When yeah, it the goes. telephone pole's like I'm split very down excited. the middle, and it's being held up by a electrical cable, which Bruce assures me doesn't have power going through it. Yeah, I think it is dead. Okay. 
Um, that's any, but <laughs> nobody that's knows. Again, that's, and, a, that's an assumption. And the good news is that if a power line comes down and it's got electricity running through it, pretty sure it doesn't like move around wildly um bullshit. like a snake bullshit i've seen all the movies oh, see that's <laughs> <laughs> and apparently so what you're saying is the power lines have seen those movies too and they know that that's how they're supposed to behave i, think, when they I believe so oh, okay. because the movies go through those power lines it, oh yeah yeah okay or something there, this uh, <laughs> machine learning is what you're saying yeah <laughs> Machine osmosis or oh my god, what show did I watch? Uh, the old guard. It's on. It went straight to. Oh, Netflix. is that Charlie yeah, Theron? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was decent too. As soon as I saw that they had swords, I was like, "What the fuck!" Like, but then your inner ninja came out, and you were like down with it. Well, then I got into like that. <laughs> well, like the medieval aspect of it. You know, it's pretty. I'm well. She has like immortals a, or something, right? Totally. I think I read. Something she has about like this a thing. fucking awesome like battle axe. It's yeah. like a. And I was like. Well, hatchets are very useful. Wait, so, is it a double-sided battle axe? Yeah. Oh, how sapphic. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It was um, a fun movie. It's okay. Yeah. Like, if I was like, hey, do you want to watch it again? I'd probably be like, no. No. Yeah, I'm But it good. was fun to watch. I mean, it's not like watching Angelina Jolie bend bullets by, like, doing a swervy trick and getting them to go around corners or whatever the fuck. That's, that's a... That was um, real, right? That When does Ian teach that? Is a documentary. I, I think that's sort of <laughs> highly advanced. Okay. Um, and and but it does have a. Um, we're working on the warping machine. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, it right now it consumes too much power. That makes so, sense. So until we get the feed from Elon's energy, field yeah. of solar panels, uh, the 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 the. the, the uh, time space warping. All right, I'll, I'll just keep gonna... weaving yarn then until you guys get your is, shit together. Okay. <laughs> so is that true that Elon Musk again? I don't look at the news anymore, but is it true that he's making Wi-Fi free? Like there's a satellite chain if that he's trying to connect? If you think you don't look at the news, who do you think you're talking to? Well, maybe Mark. So I, That's not something that I have concerned myself with. I was just doing some math on pounds per square inch of pressure and ammonium nitrate explosing <laughs> kind of things. Uh, oh, Christ. <laughs> How? I, uh, the movie I, I can't I can't help you with that one, um, but that would be interesting to because you know I, f- I hear free Wi Fi and I think what's the catch? Oh, you cynic! <laughs> I don't from him. I actually from him I see it as like a genuine thing. Yeah, I mean, but I, all I, I also see like man, that'll put a lot of people at his throat really fucking quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, any time there is, you know, that amount of money, hypoth- you know, I don't know what yeah. that that amount yeah. of money is in air quotes, but is at stake, then you, um, if you come in and sort of disrupt that, mm-hmm. uh, people get upset, it seems. <laughs> but, but why? Like, if something could be free... Because somebody like somebody wanted the earth or the humans of the earth to inherit this genuine gift. Like it's a gift for humanity. It's kind of like the insulin thing. Like, okay. yeah, there's profit that could be that, made off of something. Is that the guy who invented insulin gave it for free? Okay. And then the patent uh, um, expired. And so a corporation bought it and now they sell it for fucking enormous amounts of money. That's how that works. 
Now, granted, I agree, all the people that usually are using insulin right now, it's self-induced. Yeah. Right? Like, it's their self-induced So disease. that's their tax on junk food or whatever. That's the tax oh. that they pay on... on yeah, which I'm okay with, but also well, not everybody's not like that. Going to the right place, yeah, but f- for sure, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because I think there's. It's cool that people want to do these things for the betterment of the world, and then we just sit back and watch the people who want the betterment for themselves step in. And I mean, we pay for water, so I can't see anything ever being free again. Well, so. Are you paying for the water or are you paying for the infrastructure to get it to you? Well, both, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I, I mean, if you drink your water, they... you have to pay for that kind of water, and then you have to pay for the infrastructure to get water to your domicile. Yeah. Oh, but is anything free? I mean, I mean, sure. truly free. Nothing's truly free. But maybe something that's not, I don't know, inflated and taxed and taken yeah, advantage I guess of. And maybe when marketed. I say free, like free of, not profit, but profiteering? Yeah, yeah, maybe? something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because I agree. There's nothing that's free. I, I don't think there's anything that's free. I mean, at the very least, if Elon gives everybody free Wi-Fi, everybody will then feel some sort of urge to continue to give him money for some other stuff. Oh, dieting is free. Don't you have to have a book? <laughs> to know how to not eat yeah gotta guess fuck or to know what to what was that called the it's, fit for life was that the book what not to eat which is don't eat anything it, so that let's make that book yeah die we don't have it. to do anything we just put a cover on it what's just a hundred blank and blank pages well it could just be pictures of food don't <laughs> yeah. eat this yeah. don't eat this don't eat this oh my God. all foods yeah and then somebody just go what do I eat? What, that's a different book. <laughs> that's a different book. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just the same book with those words removed. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a, there's a diet book and then a consumption book. If you're dieting, you're not eating anything. Yeah. If you're consuming, then you're just eating whatever the fuck you want. But you don't need, nobody needs a book for that. They just, do people need a book for all the things that there's books for? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, yeah, because yeah, people need like things to stack around their homes. <laughs> How would anybody believe you did a diet if you didn't have a book in your house to prove it? Um, you it might be visible. It in seems like you're changing. Oh, oh, stop physical. it! That, that means one, the diet worked. Some one of those philosophical. You actually did it. <laughs> it's like a philosophical problem. It's said to just go. I tried all these, and you're like, no, you didn't. No, you bought all yeah, those. Yeah, you bought them. <laughs> That's actually uh, pretty funny. I mean, I was talking damn. to Brandon last night, and Brandon was talking about how he, he just bought some carnivore books. He's like, I've been doing it for a while. I, I thought I should educate myself on it. And I kind of laughed. and was like, isn't that what you include as doing it for six months? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you already know about it. But it's also like, actually, maybe he needs to know what the mechanisms are. So maybe that is the best time. It's like, do something for a while. And when you run out of success or you're not making improvements, then go educate yourself because you'll have a really or good... Or after other people see you ch- you having changed, mm, yeah. they ask you what you did. And you have to figure it out. And then, then you, uh, in order to be able to communicate yeah. you know, accurately, yeah. um, th- then 
maybe maybe that is where the books come in. Yeah. I would hypothesize the same thing could be true for Sam. That yes. He needs to now that he practiced the thing, grow, so, you know, like yeah. you know, as as a child growing growing up in a LDS family, mm-hmm. um maybe now he would could read about it in that other the the Kingly book. Um, <laughs> and 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 therefore he could sort of explain his antipothesis or whatever. Right. I, I mean, that's literally what I told him. I was just like, if you really want to convince people of your ideas, you just talk about your ideas. And if they're good, people will ask you about them. And because yeah. you're interested in the subject to begin with, you'll be informed on how to like go down that road. Yeah. And I, I, I do, I think you're both right for Brandon, um, where it is a little bit yeah. of like, Oh, I've gone, I've done this enough now yeah. that he's into it. He wants to learn more about it. Yeah. But he also wants to be able to inform people that ask him questions better, which is kind of the reason I don't like the term be a white belt. Cause I feel like when you're a white belt, you don't know anything. You can't ask questions. Yeah. You just observe, pay attention, do. And then like when you become a blue belt, it's like, okay, I can ha- ask a question or read a thing and learn about it. Where with a white belt, it's like, just shut up and eat meat. And then we'll get there. So there's this is really interesting. So Shoya Roll is this fucking company that is. Oh, this is a gi company. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and they're different. They're very artistic. They they don't. They're they're kind of like us. They're fucking sold out of everything. They don't produce very much, but the things they do produce are like really high quality gis. Um, they, they usually have a story behind it. Like there's a narrative oh, cool. behind their thing, and they're they're not trying to like just sponsor the best jujitsu guys in the world. They're trying to sponsor people who have culture embedded into their practice. Um, but uh, we're talking to the owner about doing like working together on some stuff. And um, he, I, I was looking at their site and I noticed like their belts that they sell have professor bands on them. Well, that's interesting. Which is like two white stripes on it. Usually it's only on like, I think it's like once you're a third degree black belt, you can have professor stripes. Um, and when I saw him, I laughed because I was like, oh man, I bet you guys pissed so many people off. And he's like, oh yeah. It's like, it it kind of, it didn't, it didn't come out and go unnoticed. Like people were like boycotting our company because we're changing the tradition and how disrespectful that is. But he's like, in all honesty, the, the culture... Um, is that if you have a belt on, you are a teacher. Like, that's how you learn. You teach other people what you know, and by imparting it, you learn it better, no matter what belt you're at. And so all the belts have professor belts because everybody is responsible for everybody's education. Not individually, but if somebody, like asks you a question, you can try to answer it. Sure. And do the best you can. Everybody should have that kind of power. And I was like that, <laughs> and responsibility. Yes, in a way to like, yeah. it, it, but it, it, and and if if you know even maybe as a white or a blue belt mm-hmm. that you might be asked by someone else to describe how to do something, yep. then you also um, impose upon your own self to to learn it better. Yeah, and to learn the you know the the why of it maybe that yeah. uh, so that you can share. Yeah, I, I mean that's a feature. When somebody asks me about jujitsu, I'm like, I have no idea how I did that. Let me try to figure it out. Or if I like did something that worked, and they're like, "What was that?" I'm like, I don't know. Right. Like I'm so fucking lost with everything. But there is a responsibility to try to figure it out. So after we stop and I try to like get back into the position, oh, I think it works like this. 
I think you could stop it by doing this. Like I could feel like I had really good pressure on your neck, but if you like ducked your head or you put, you know, you did, you know, telephone call style to guard your carotid or, uh, artery or whatever, then that wouldn't work. So you're teaching somebody why you did it and also showing them how to defend against it. And that's always been true. It's just like it goes unnoticed. Somebody gives you the poison and the antidote and that makes a good teacher. And that, like, and Johnny just has like so many lined up. He's like, oh, here's the poison. Here's the antidote. Here's another poison for that antidote. And like, it just keeps going. It's like- who When I went to um, that place with you that time- James. James, yeah. okay. Because that was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Because you just kept asking questions and he was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Or or not, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I really, really like this guy. Maybe not. It just depends. Yeah, like it depends on where their weight is or it, like what it is. It for sure wasn't like a. Oh, I don't know the answer. I'm going to say it depends. It was a legitimate. Like it depends, depending on how their body moves or what their arm does or how their weight shifts. The best answer that they give somebody when they don't understand what they're talking about or the question, they're like, "Show me." Yeah, and then they just do it, and they're like, "That's how it works." <laughs> And you're like, oh, choking, and you're like, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. it. Okay, yeah, there even, it is. Didn't even see it coming. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense now. I don't know what you did either, but it really sucks. <laughs> like, I, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's some disciplines like that. I imagine shooting is just as complex. Gym stuff can be just as complex, uh, where it's like finding positions to put out the most power. Like yesterday when we were doing a body. But the gym stuff and the thing. shooting stuff, you're not, I mean, at least at the, you know, non-combat level for mm-hmm. shooting or whatever is does your there's not interplay with another person right you're not feeding yeah. you're not you know being fed to or you know having to respond yeah to, to, to something that is not controllable it's just like oh these cardboard things are not gonna and and, and yeah you get there I and mean, start doing some sim training or you know the force on force kind of stuff mm-hmm. that would change it sure considerably yeah but, pull out pull out the, for the most part and you change your style kind of deal yeah i mean and yeah but i think for the most part it's just uh the the value is in the the, the requirement to focus pretty precisely uh, and nar- I, narrowly i might at look at it a little bit different because if you take other martial arts like muay thai you can develop like it's just as t- sorry just as technical to like kick pads punch Bob, weave, do whatever, and but, then but, you can add. But a someone's layer. holding the pads. Oh, but a bag, and they're okay, right? Like yeah. you could just kick a bag. It's an inanimate object, and it swings a certain way, so it has. It gives you a little bit of distance and yeah. how to find and how to circle. It's definitely different than fighting somebody. Um, but then it. Ju- I think you're just narrowing down the aspect. Jujitsu is like you just can't practice it alone. Like you can do these drills. Um, but you can't really develop it, and I think that's one of the hardest parts about it. Yeah, it's like, like the, even the life size dummy doesn't. No, wig, it doesn't, doesn't wiggle. Shit. Yeah, I, I mean they have these really cool dummies where you can like armbar them, and like they have good body position. They'll teach you how to move around the body, but there's just something like as soon as somebody like grabs their hand and you have like an armbar and you're fighting it, there's no dummy that replicates yeah. that somebody's ability to hold and like resist you. Um, but I think it, it still comes back to, well, you just have to look at the like the very minute details of everything that you're doing. There's just happens to be another player involved. Okay. And I don't look at it as a player. I'm still just dealing with my own incompetence first. What am I doing wrong is still usually my question. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I, I understand 
I mean, this. I understand most positions. Like I know most positions in jujitsu. Okay. Whether it's you know side, half guard, crucifix, you know, ninety uh, six. All of these positions are kind of well known. Uh, spider guard, rubber guard. Maybe there's some that worm guard. But that doesn't mean I understand them. Like I, I'm not super familiar. It's like the the now the development is now that I know that they exist. Now each one has this intricate little play in between it. So although I can get into that position, I need the other person to give me feedback so that I can, you know, the the equivalent would be like I can get my trigger pull perfect. And that like that's the detail of it. Um, I think they're the same thing, honestly. All, all skills are kind of the same. You are the thing that you're changing. Yes. There's just some, like there's just terrain or a further target or um, yeah, and, and in jujitsu, the uh, you're being helped to change. Yes. By the <laughs> the people that you are in school with. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe that's the way your environment is. It's just like, oh, it's another person. It yeah. doesn't matter who that person is. You're still going to like try to change yourself in order to overcome whatever obstacle they give you. It, I think just like you know the targets or however you guys set them up at Ian's course, the people you roll with, like it's still in a, a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody's just going to yeah. go start like punching you in the face out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a finite game yeah. for sure. There's a boundary. Yeah. There's a rule of yeah. N- nobody's decorum, going like yeah. actually a hundred percent. Like your efforts unless there. you're a white belt. <laughs> Good point. But even that's like it's not a hundred percent jujitsu. No. It's just a hundred percent energy yeah. expenditure. Yeah, it's, it's just vibrating yeah. wildly, and, uh, and that doesn't last. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It goes away really fast. Um, it, it, like maybe that's it. I'm having the same problem um, with, with a gun that I had originally in jiu-jitsu for like the first year, which is relaxing the parts that you don't use. Oh, yeah. Like over-gripping and trying to control too much is actually just a total waste of energy. Like there's only so much input you can put on something before you start to input it badly. right? And then like mm. my pressure becomes bad pressure if it's pointed in the wrong direction. And so I'm still like, man, positive Palm pressure is really hard to hold. That's a weird. I've never had to hold something. Yeah, like the that. crush grip. Yeah, thing. yeah. So I still over pull a little bit on my right hand, and in jujitsu was the same thing. It was just like I'm holding a death grip on the fucking collar yeah. for no reason, right? Like, and then they rip it out of my hand, and it like tears the ligaments in your hand, does all these fucked up things. When all you really need is let go and then regrab it again. It's like this soft art of like just relax and regrab, re- yeah. relax and regrab. I, I saw it with Josh, and when we were in Australia, I saw it with Dane. Yeah, they're so relaxed. Yeah, it's it was almost unbelievable to me. Yeah, it doesn't it look looks like, like they're not anything. trying at all. Right. And then you watch a blue belt or a white yeah. belt, and you're like, oh, it's struggle. All you're bus. doing is trying. Yeah, struggle bus all over the place. <laughs> Which I guess, and that's like. Man, I'm trying really hard to shoot the gun. I'm trying so hard yeah. to to point it in the right direction and keep keep the keep it on target. And you're like, I'm fucking trying too hard. There was a <laughs> at a, a a moment. It was probably a minute, and it was a really long minute that I had to do a bunch of running and engage a bunch of targets, and then end up with this really tiny sort of four by four inch plate at about fifty yards. I'm Ooh. guessing. Um, with a rifle oh, okay, and, okay. and part of the thing was, okay, we're going to do this pool cue grip. You're going to brace the rifle on, the, you know, against this pillar and da, da, da. Yeah. and, um, and then your, your hand on the same pillar and sort of, and holding the oh, right. r- rifle like you would a 
you know, pool, put okay. a pool, you know, okay. And, uh, and because of, okay, the thing's off, it's not a, you know, a, a flat match of the hand guard to the square side of the pillar because the target's offside. So, or mm. a, 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 out of that range. So then you're on a, um, trying to hold it on, on this angle. Oh, so you're on like the, the corner, corner of the yeah. four by four, um, which I found, and, and I was just like, not hitting, not hitting, not hitting. And then, uh, as soon as I took it away and let the barrel float naturally, which is how I yeah. am accustomed, you know, I'm like, oh, I know. I always track 11 to 5, 11 to 5, 11 to 5. And as soon as it starts to come back from 11, touches, you know, press, and and it hit. And I was just like, this bracing thing really f- kind of fucked me up because it yeah. was all, it was too rigid and too hard of a grip. Like I was going to, like somehow I thought I was going to keep the rifle from moving. And then once it was moving, you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, so you like, realize like, uh, you're not when gonna... it was moving on that on that yeah. lever. But if it's just moving because of me, right? Without the extra input from this fixed thing, which normally you would think, okay, that provides stability, but in some weird subconscious way, it did the opposite for me, and I couldn't fucking break that your pattern, natural, your natural rhythm, or something. Yeah. Would... And I couldn't break that pattern to save my fucking life until I like okay, take the thing away from the pillar, let it float in free yeah. space, and then, and when you talk about relaxation in jujitsu, you know, I feel like okay, one of my issues with uh, the pistol right now is that I am too relaxed. Oh, okay. Like it moves a lot. Yeah, yeah. In you know, in, in recoil, like I'm not trying to stop it from moving and right. just, let it, just let it move and as long as you know the general awareness and sensitivity is there it's going to it will come back to where yeah. it needs to settle for the next thing and 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 i think it, it, it would come back faster if the amplitude of these oscillations or this movement was was limited um but it's uh yeah summer's been pretty pretty interesting that way hmm think of these bigger pictures rather than the, the than just like focusing only on the mechanics right like okay how does this like how does the tool resonate with my temperament hmm. which is maybe you know trying to think too much about it or too hard but that's should come as no surprise <laughs> right yeah that makes sense actually it's weird that there's so many, I mean, there's so many different disciplines that require basically what you're talking about, relaxation, learning bodily control, time and space. All these things are what ab- abstract concepts, that, but how, how little we're actually taught how to develop such things. But I think the lessons are really universal. There's, I mean, even in, uh, whatever the last time I spent any time in the rock gym, mm. um, one of the conversations that I had with Kubiak, he's just like, you don't need to hold on that hard. He told yeah, me. Yeah. And it's like only hold on as hard as is necessary for, to not fall <laughs> to, for, for that particular hold or those, that particular set of holds with your body in that position, you know, um, with as much accumulating fatigue. So the further off the ground you are, you may need to, you know, pay a little bit more attention or something, but he just said, do you, Dude, you you just like sp- the yeah you, you 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 you're too tense, you know. And and yeah, you need to have a certain amount of body tension, but only that amount, right? Like, there's no benefit to having more. 
I want and, all the body tension. And, and there's no benefit to you know if I only if I only have to put you know x amount of force right into this hold to keep me there and allow me to move through there is absolutely no benefit to x plus y amount of force on that same hold but but we like, l- we learn kind of the opposite way we've tried to oh, de- with like how much we can actually absorb take in consume because the same thing was with jujitsu i told myself i couldn't get better because i wasn't doing it as much as i wanted to with the restriction of everything and I was, you know, rolling like seven or eight times a week um, and doing big sessions. And I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm going to get worse. But really, because I'm such a bad fucking learner and I'm retarded, like it legitimately slowed your, 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 the speed at which you learn is slowed down. No, no. It's what do you now, mean by now, well, <laughs> I, I, I need a lot of exposure in order to absorb. Okay. So out of 10 hours, I'm probably only remembering two of those hours, right? I probably have less than 20% retention. I mean, okay. truly. Now, if it do is, you think anybody else is diff, is I like think, got 40% retention? For sure. I think the better you get at the thing, the more you can retain. So the less you actually need. Okay. Less so the less tension I need because I've learned... That now, okay, if I use less tension, I can actually absorb more because now I'm not fried physically, physiologically, mentally. You think you need that progression naturally, though, like anybody? I think so, yeah. Like everybody starts off like gripping as tight as they can until they realize they can relax because they've now accumulated enough knowledge to where relaxing makes sense. Yeah, or you just make a decision that, no, I'm going to pay better attention because I have limited time. So I have three to four hours a week now. And I, I need, I need, I need, I need the same amount to be retained. So out of the four hours, I need two of it to be retained. But do you think the more you know, the easier it is to then shorten that window because you don't need to pay attention to the stuff you've already learned per se because you you get it to a degree, a little bit. I, I think what I mean, and I'm just like verbalizing a, a thought that's been just developing, yeah. and it's not really <clears throat> thought out yet. But when when I think about it, it's like. As soon as I want to learn, I relax because they have to be loose. You have to be open. Yeah. You have to be like, so my jujitsu, when I like made a decision to get better off of four hours a week, like I immediately stopped trying so fucking hard, which I think is really fucking weird. Like people do the opposite. We're like, oh, okay, now in the, in the I hold yeah. on. But I'm going to try really hard to keep but if this cup empty. If you're, <laughs> if you're contracting, not letting anything in. I mean, maybe the physical, the physical idea of contracting really hard is actually closing you off to absorbing anything. Yeah, because you're resisting. But if you just open up and like let it go, so you relax and fall into positions. Uh, I mean, Josh said it the other day when we were rolling. Um, he's like, I was, I came here with a very specific idea on how much pressure I wanted to give you. And that went out the fucking window because everything that I was doing was not working. And somehow you stepped your game up in the past week. And I was like, yeah, relax. Like I just started thinking about different stuff. When the fellow told me to just lie back and let it happen, I yeah. took it seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you, I absorbed everything. I absorbed everything, exactly. <laughs> I'm only saying this because I have a pretty good idea how your brain works. Uh-huh. Do you Did you start like feeling what the other person was doing more and stop thinking about what you wanted to do yeah. less? Yeah. I My game plan left. Yeah. 
It's as opposed to being like, I want to win this. Well, I want to do this. I'm doing this move. Yeah. It's just like, where am I going to go? I don't know. It becomes a, probably a, an internal question of like, what is he trying to do so I can fucking stop it yeah. and get to something that I want to do, which I don't, I'm unaware of yet because I'm not trying to determine where it goes, which is really interesting. I never thought about that. So responding mm-hmm. which, rather than initiating or acting which yeah, is in a way similar yeah. to your story with shooting against the pillar like yeah. you did what you thought you were supposed to do instead yeah. of just doing what felt like the thing to do yeah hmm. that's pretty yeah. fascinating yeah i mean there's just so much sensitivity into anything that you want to get good at you just have to like be open to all the things that you're not good at so that you can get rid of them like right. get rid of all i have I have all the ability is already in me to do really good jujitsu. It's already there because I have limbs and I have muscles and I have lungs and blood flows through me. Therefore, I could be as fucking good as I possibly want, actually. What I have to get rid of is the idea that I am good or that I'm like can control it or that I, like I have to remove all of those bad ideas and then let the other things that already exist in me like come to the surface. It's almost like that. I think if that's how you're learning, it's probably better. Like I know how to point a gun and shoot it. I have to remove all the bad ways that I'm already doing it and allow the like natural ability to come out, which is not controlling it, which is working with it. I'm going to beat a fairly well beaten horse here. Um, you're saying you should integrate rather than uh, yeah. insulate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I think so. Figure um, if I say it enough times, it's a verbal trademark or something. I, uh, it should, or somebody else will steal it. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, or somebody it. will probably steal it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because we like we have all these concepts. We, we go over this even at the symposium where you know all the concepts that we're sharing and 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 actually like teaching or they're fairly well developed, but they're not all the way developed. We're still like trimming them. oh yeah and so even we don't know where some things apply when we're like but you said that thing and it obviously goes over into this area and you're like kind of but i'm an idiot and i have to relearn the same thing yeah over i, didn't, and over I didn't even see over there when i was talking about this thing yeah <laughs> or i was thinking about something totally different but that's the helpful nature of the symposiums in a way is that mm-hmm. like is you know Every, if everyone's a teacher, if we, yeah. if we accept that, then the interaction that happens out there in those conversations is facilitating our learning as much as anybody else's. I mean, our mean sim- easily as much. Our symposium was the example that I gave to Bear from Show Your Role. I was like, that's okay. really funny that you did this thing because we kind of decided a, a while back that we don't like being like hierarchies we don't like being the structure that's up there we don't like people look it's really gross when people look up to me i tried to explain this to brandon the other day um the problem with putting somebody on a pedestal isn't that you glorify that person it's that the hierarchy is a staircase the second i look up it means there's looking back which means you think less of other people and really you should look across to all people and understand that intelligence is very specific and there's not one person that's on a pedestal because that pedestal would be what you want to become and you don't want to become anybody else you could try that drill if you could think of one person that you would just switch directly with i i would be dumbfounded like whatever person it could be anybody i I said i use the example of like lee phillips 
I was okay. like, that guy, like. I mean, you know, he's got skeletons in his closet somewhere. But not to. even that. Like, I thought about it like, man, I just don't want to have to. T- <laughs> I'm going to make fun of him, but I don't want to have to tan and like print my fucking hair and like worry about. Do your eyebrows. Yeah. I don't have to worry about fucking moisturizer. Yeah, it's cool that you can look at him. And I think that's a good looking dude. He's a good friend to have. I don't want to be him. Totally. And you could do that with pretty much anybody. Yeah. Take any billionaire and I'm like, fuck that person. So I haven't mentioned this yet because it honestly kind of escaped my mind until this. But I was talking to Micah when he was here for a couple of days after the symposium mm-hmm. and talking about putting people on a pedestal. Yeah. And this could very well have been designed by one of you guys and it just went over my head. Uh-huh. He, he goes, it's not lost on anybody at the symposium that we have chairs to sit in and you guys are sitting on boxes and shitty benches. <laughs> and I just never thought about it. Like we don't have these big fancy chairs or a platform we're standing on or a pedestal in front of us or anything. We're just got some rogue boxes and some really shitty benches for bench pressing. Um, my original idea was that we would sit on the floor, but I was like, fuck, this is going to take too long. My legs are going to fall asleep. <laughs> and the people in the third row wouldn't be able to see. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, but I, it, I, I but, equal. but putting at the same height is absolutely the right. For sure. Uh, um, I, I don't know I, if it was. I think it's. I don't know if it's premeditated. But even if it's not, that shows like nobody's trying to be like, okay, how do I look important in front of a room? But I for sure, when I when I talk to people and they're sitting down, I make sure that I sit down. Yeah. I fucking hate talking down to people. Yeah. Like it just gives me this really gross feeling in my in the back of my fucking head that I hate. And that that's kind of what I tried to explain to Brandon even la- last night was like, it's so fucking gross when you're like, Mark and Michael and Keegan are so good not because i don't like compliments but because i know that if you put me up here you're immediately putting somebody under you yeah which means you look down to other people that's that's the bad part like that's the part that hurts you because then you're thinking less of other people and that's what you expect other people to think of you therefore being in the middle of the staircase of hierarchy is really comfortable actually because I know that I'm better than some people and I know some people are better than me. Therefore, I refuse to reach to a new standard and I refuse to not be in my place. The people above you, if you respect them, you just go, oh, I'm comfortable not reaching their level because I assume I can't. Exactly. And if I think that there's a hierarchy and I get... I'm afraid to be put on a pedestal because I don't want to actually be accountable for all my actions and all my words. When in reality, you're always responsible for it because the line is flat. You look across. It's horizontal. Everybody is on the same level if they're breathing. Right. It doesn't mean they're useful, and it doesn't mean they have to be in your your vision. You can get rid of people, but it doesn't make them less than you. It, It just means that they're not useful for what you're doing. I never thought about it like that. I like that. Um, I got it. I mean, it really hit me when George was like making his remark at the symposium about how great he thought he was. I was like, just stop. It's gross. Like I can see you putting yourself down as you put me up. And that's not how I want anybody to be. Right. Well, there's some people, but not anybody that we like. Like, <laughs> I I think I thought it was. A, I mean, for me, it was a fundamental lesson of like, man, I I hold a lot of people in high regard, but I don't put anybody anywhere that I don't think that I can't get with with enough effort yeah. and dedication. 
Um, and I, I mean, I hold Johnny and James as like some of the best jujitsu instructors and, and honestly human beings, like they're phenomenal human beings. Um, but with enough practice, I could do it. And I think it's important that you envision yourself doing the thing, uh, that other people you respect do, um, as opposed to, you know, oh man, I wish I'd had their life. And you're like, nobody actually thinks that. Because with somebody else's life comes somebody else's life. Right. You don't actually know the other shit going on. You right. just assume they're doing, you're like, oh, they're at that level that I'm not, therefore awesome. But you're like, you in don't. this one very narrow channel. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I expression. I had something after um, did the free range podcast with mm. uh, guys at Black Rifle the other day. Um, one of the things Evan said, man, you know, you've accomplished so much and you're so relatable. And, <laughs> Uh, and, and he said, I think that's really valuable, you know, for people to understand that, that like, it, you, and I think what he was saying is that the fact that you're so relatable in a, in a way in, in conversation basically gives people permission to, like, try harder. Yes. And to do more, that, that all of these opportunities are available because, you know, you accomplishing this, this, and this, or whatever it was, you know, didn't turn you into an isolationist prick. You know, or or I have a Sam question, or a hierarchical prick, or whatever. And I was just like, man, I I understand sometimes that I've accomplished a, a lot mm -hmm. or whatever. But then there are other days when I <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, fuck, I need to, you know, that that it has not been enough that I ha and 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 there's a and other people have handled handled that, you know, balance of those things quite differently. But yeah, I think if you stand behind the fucking podium while you're talking or on an elevated yeah. stage or whatever, you necessarily um, create a gulf, not only, you know, in, in a physical sense, but also in the, the opportunity sense. And one of the, you know, the coolest things in terms of, you know, you go, I go see live music, whatever. Right. And the band's always on a stage. Yeah. I love going to my local place where the stage is like a foot high. Yeah. Because then we're right there. What was even better is in that um, the the documentary thing that uh, I think it's Journeyman Pictures made um, the you know inside the live or the lives of the artist or whatever and and Gallows um, the band uh, was uh, when they were on the Warped tour a lot of their set they played in the pit. Yeah, well, the drummer had to stay up there because he couldn't get down and move around. But <laughs> yeah. the, he couldn't just grab his drums. But, and, yeah. yeah, but. Um, when Frank was fronting that band and the, you know, the, the, the bass player and the guitarist, they would get down in the pit and, and like be at the same level and involved with the crowd. And I thought this is fucking beautiful. You're, yeah. you are, that is the reason for the music in the first place is to sort of unite in an mm -hmm. experience and you refuse to separate yourselves um, from the group um, with whom you are trying to unite. Yeah. And, and, and I think in the, the way that we teach um, we're pretty damn good at, you know, integrating everybody into that process. I mean, how many other, how many other, um, disciplines or subject matter or whatever you want to talk, like don't appeal to this and you inherently see the destructive nature of it. Like you see the destructive nature of hierarchy in companies. You see it in politicians. You see it pretty much everywhere. Um, and I, I think it really is because as soon as somebody is like up here, it's so much harder to reach up than it is to reach across. Well, let's say what what makes this our society like where people are unrelatable. Like, why is that a thing? 
well, be- because we make deities out of them. Right. Like, to bring this back to the, the yeah. beginning is like we, we've created gods out of people. That have money. Right, essentially, or 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 ability, or or looks, or or a, a charisma about them that but attracts. Doesn't that all, always usually translate? And is like somebody notices, like they have a lot of money. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Uh, well, they usually are well rewarded for whatever their thi- their right. shtick is, um, or they reward themselves um, for 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 whatever reason. Um, I don't know how it goes with like. <clears throat> I had so fame, much money fame and that riches. I bought a machine to pat myself on the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, or a person. I mean, I've I, seen it in real I've seen I've seen fame affect people legitimately in real time. And it <clears throat> it was really bizarre to see. It's it's fucking fascinating. Can, can I yeah. use the oh, yeah. word of the hour? Mm. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is gross. Um because it's almost like Somebody like when you're put up, if you start believing that you are put up high, you start believing. No, you start believing the height. Yes. Not that, you know, because you right. can't help but be put. I mean, you can help but be put up there by just like p- pushing their hands off. Yeah. As they're yeah. Trying to stop. hoist you or whatever. Or, like, or stop. I'm just a person and I happen to, you know. The real Look way is like just Robin Hood to just or whatever be the genuine about the skeletons in the closet, your misgivings, to be honest about who you are as a person. But I think when we build these people into being like beautiful singers and eloquent speakers and artists that can like do no harm, as soon as you find out something bad, I mean, maybe this is like the cultural thing. You're like, you find out, you know, somebody said something biased towards somebody else. 30 fucking years ago right and you're like cancel them and you're like why because you thought they were a god like you thought they were perfect right it's almost yeah. the like because of your unfulfilled expectations right was it like the would it be paradox between what you thought they yeah. are and what they really are and like right. the gap's so big you're like they must be a bad person when in reality they're just a person it, everybody is like the louis ck thing like not saying what he did was right but everybody has a thing i mean there was a millions of people that loved hitler like right. not to use him as the scapegoat for all this stuff, but there's I think there's a picture of him handing an ice cream cone to a little girl, and you're like, it's not like everything that he did was killing people. There's a reason he was put into a position of power, and it's because we we put people there, like with what we think of them, and therefore when they when they misbehave or they don't act how we want how we put them in that position to go we go oh fuck them and you're like you made the god out of them they didn't make a god out of themselves i was uh i was just up in the panhandle <laughs> any gods up there any uh there's a specific skin tone specific <laughs> lots of blonde hair and blue eyes well no i was just <laughs> going to say there's a they, they they revere the orange oh right <laughs> uh, and not all obviously but there, sure. but there's some yeah sort of almost elevated to deity status for for whatever reason and and i was and i hadn't seen it that like i don't think i've ever been in a location in my life i mean in the united states where that level of sort of i don't want to say hero but you know individual worship in a sense that in a non-religious way, although it may be some, maybe somewhat religiously influenced by those who don't really know about his relationship to that book, um, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> um, but it was. I'm just like, holy fuck! That you've got you've put this guy on a like 
Like that's a, that pillar is he's so far up there. You can barely see like the flag flying on your car has to be gigantic because the pillar you've put him on is so fucking high. You have to have a huge flag in order for him to see you, you know, trying to signal or relate or, you know, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> worship or whatever him. Like it was, it was fucking wild. Don't we realize that we shouldn't build statues anymore because we have to keep fucking tearing them down for a certain reason, whatever that reason is. Maybe it's, maybe it's political truth, which is just repeated changes in cultural society where we need to like move people to a different direction. But it is all the same bullshit. It's all, you know, um, <clears throat> worshiping the idea of somebody and not who they actually are. But then you make a statue to the, not to the idea, but to the individual. Yes. And that's why it has to be like, <laughs> like torn down. Cause you're like, oh, people are fallible. Always. Yeah. They always will be. Oh, huh. Well, he shouldn't, man. If that dude was, you know, re, re, rebar reinforced concrete, um, that'd be totally different. I'd be okay with that. But so they made him out of marble. Fuck that. <laughs> Pull it down. <laughs> well, I mean, so there's no stat and we're not like, we're just removed by time until we like joke about Hitler. Or like he has a restaurant, like Hitler's German buffet or whatever. There, there's just time between that. Yeah. Because there's like... And it's going to take a lot longer for... I mean... There's like Khan's Mongolian barbecue. And I'm like, that's it, super fucked up because he used to put like bodies on fire and fling them into cities yeah. by the millions. <laughs> I mean, there's that's one... A, that's a good point. There's literally... I mean, that's a terrible... Different con. Same family name. <laughs> there, like, <laughs> yeah. there was a... I think there's a story. I don't know if this is dead, but, but I remember some story being like, he flung a million burning bodies over the walls of some, some uh, city in China. A million fucking people. He barbecued. And now there's a restaurant where you can go get Mongolian barbecue that's named after him. And it's all you can eat. And it's, and it's unending. It's like, I mean, as there would be with millions. But right. We're just I, separated by time from like far, people's atrocities. But, and also, I think, geographic distance. Right, because that yeah. barbecue place it's yeah. in Chicago or whatever, right, or or maybe it's here. Right? But but it's like, <laughs> but there's like an ocean, and then you say the Mongolian steppes. People can't even imagine. It may as well be Mars sure. for yeah, most yeah. people. So not only do you have you know some thousands of years, yeah, um, but also what happened on what is in my mind another planet or whatever. Sure. Um, maybe uh, logically, maybe we were a different species. Yeah, like it can be fully sussed out that we have changed somehow. I mean so so it's going to be a while before we get the uh, the, the Pol Pot Noodle House <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean damn it so, like longer or is Stalin's, it far enough away Stalin's Borscht Bar <laughs> <laughs> Borscht Bar <laughs> I'm still thinking of the German buffet it's just schnitzel everywhere but there is kind of already i mean like maybe it's vats a, of <laughs> beer i mean I don't, I, steins steins yeah mao's szechuan delight like what <laughs> and everything in that one is just super bland kind of like the food comes out it's all kind of like uniform yeah <laughs> no, I mean, no food can be any different than any other food here everyone is equal Unless you eat in the back. I mean, I think if you, you know, go by numbers, by if you go room. by like numbers of mass murder that occurred, I, I think um, I want to say that uh, 
the Mongolian fucking dynasty, whatever that was, is by far and large the fucking where Kubakai wasn't as bad, but the next one is Alexander the Great. And the amount of influence he's had on our culture as a great leader. I mean, but the amount of people yeah. that he fucking decimated. He, to the point where he ran out of people to kill. Uh, do you think people just go like, oh, that was a long time ago. Like, that's just what they did back then. But then people are like mystified when that happens now. Not in those large <sighs> proportions, but like that war yeah. and murder is the th- like People are like, I can't believe this is still happening. And you're like, it's kind of part of who we are. When to was, a degree, yeah. I mean, it's a kind of a when was it not happening, yeah, thing. But I, maybe maybe that's just how I think about it. But I feel like people just go, "Oh, that's how they like had to do it back then." And, and it's like and we don't have to do it that think way. We're not doing it now, or no, we are. We're just separated from the actual act of it. Right. I mean, we're not killing people in this. Well, or we are because we're feeding them shit that is killing them. But I mean, we aren't. I mean, I. I did make some Rice Krispie treats the other day. You motherfucker. And the person who ate them uh-huh. was probably obese. Oh, my God. We talked about this today. Kate, it's Kate's birthday. Uh, fuck, I hope she listened to the podcast still. We didn't turn her off for that. If so she, she does, Kate, thanks for the haircut. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, it was her birthday yesterday, so we had a gnarly workout today. But we were asking, like, did you stay up late? She's like, yeah, I had some people over. And, you know, she doesn't drink or anything. So I was like, so what did you do? Like, what was the thing? And she's like. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. I got pretty bird. She's like, it's kind of embarrassing because um, like before she had made all these drastic life changes. Okay. You know, she would go in there and one time she went in there twice in one week and the owner was like, what's up? Like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm coming in to eat again. <laughs> Do you know how fucking bad this is for you? Like, do you do you realize how harmful this is? Like, he was really dead on. He's like, don't get me wrong, it tastes fantastic, but this is like a once a quarter, maybe even once half a year. It's like it's a bad business. I think I haven't been there. It must be about a year. Exactly. Same. Or something. My mouth is slightly watering right totally. now. Because so, it's Ben time. mentioned it to like four yeah. days ago whenever yeah. he was here. Yeah. So we all got one on Sunday, yeah. I think. Okay. Oh, my God. It was so good. Yeah. But same thing. Like talking to Kate today when she was cutting my hair, she was like, I feel fucking terrible. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I did too. You could see it today when she was training. Yeah. You could tell she felt terrible. Wow. Uh, so... You know, it's not that people shouldn't be able to do those. I mean, that is how the majority of people will die over the next hundred years is from not forest feeding because they're openly accepting it. But I don't know. What, what do they call the feeding when they feed the, the, the geese and they fatten them up? Is there a spe- I think there's a name for I it. Think it's, I think they force that. They do. I mean, there's a hose <laughs> down the throat. Hold the neck. <laughs> You know, it's like a tongue depressor, that, but different. But different, yeah. It's just <laughs> oh, injecting calories past oh. the gag reflex. We're so fucked up. Like, it, we're super fucked up as a species. I, so, I mean, if we talk about foie gras, fatty liver, yeah. you know, and it's, it's super tasty. How did somebody figure that out? I know. That, this has been talked about. I think a comedian was talking about this. Like, who like, the fuck was like, I was just torturing my geese. <laughs> I know, feeding it, them and feeding them, and then one of them just popped, and I was like, "Look at the liver!" and I ate it, and it's fantastic. I think I'm going to do this from now on. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? In I was, I believe you. I was torturing my geese. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm. God. Huh. I mean, they are Damn. dicks. But yeah. now, either no, I think they became dickheads. Like, 
They, the geese or the the geese. Like when you when you go to well, like a ge- lake or something, there's geese. They oh, fucking charge fucking you. Assholes. So therefore, it's either they so, were so dicks like before some, some genetic memory of what you did to their ancestors in France or something or <laughs> so what people what? did. And they're just like <laughs> that two legged motherfucker. Yeah. I am breaking his finger right yeah. now. <laughs> Except they're two legged too. So that's where we share. That's our commonality. Yeah, that's that's true. But they can fly and yeah, they're feathered friends. They're feathered. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. I think they have like. I think they're there fatty is some, livered friends. There's some kind of like cosmic knowledge that <laughs> so they know that emotional scarring passed down. They from. probably think we're fucking serial killers. Like every human is a serial killer. Yeah. But if you think about it, what, why wouldn't they? We're like Ed Gining the fucking shit out of them. Ooh, wow. I don't know what right? that means. Ed Gein. 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 Ed Gein. Yeah, he was a the serial killer. Serial killer. There was a there was a crag that I used to go to. Um, Right across, when I lived in Chamonix, you go right across the border into Switzerland and drive up this little winding road. You, there was a, a crag called Gietro, which was one of the few, um, a really nice little granite crag. But you walk along this this sort of trail and, you, and it borders, you, you may be actually crossing the individual's property um, and had geese. And and every time I went up there, it's like run the geese gauntlet <laughs> to get to the crag. <laughs> like you have... You know, and you always, you know, the the fun thing would be to bring a new person, yeah, make them walk first, and then you know, and then you get the, by while the geese were distracted, like fucking assaulting this person because they were fucking mean. Yeah, they're super mean. Like you want to turn me into foie gras, motherfucker? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the closer you get to the source, the meaner they are. <laughs> yeah. I re- I really wow. do, or. or you know, it went the other way around. Like they were dickheads, and we're like, and we're "Man, like, hey, I'm going to overfeed them. you. Yeah, I'm going to torture the shit out of this poor bird. Like, hey, you just just keep food. giving them food, and they'll leave us alone. Oh, oh one geez. died. Weird. Let's try it. Oh, this part's really fucking good. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know how it happened, but yeah. What did they overfeed them on? Probably the cheapest. You know what? I don't think it matters. You don't. I think it's like Kobe beef where they overfeed them with like. Oh, I just assume it's whatever's the cheapest. Like some of the best grass and food quality you can get. They feed them like a specific amount of alfalfa. And then and then, and then there's a then there's somebody like you meet them and you ask you know hey what do you do for a living and yeah. then they go I massage cows. Yeah, because they got to like get that marble. Yeah. You got to get that fat sure. spread through all of the muscle equally or whatever. I really, really. Dig Maybe that's a, what happened to me. I just well got enough massaged. massages that I'm just marbled. You're well marbled. I'm well. Yeah. <laughs> Could you marble my back fat into my abs? <laughs> yeah. Could you do my thighs, please? Thanks. <laughs> is that what a massage really is? Yeah, it's just marbling you. <laughs> God damn! Cut your leg off later and be like, "Oh yeah, Michael got a lot of massages." Yeah. I, I mean, I've been reading a lot about like South American Indians lately, and there's a lot of cannibals, like a. Fuck ton of cannibals down there. If you ate with South American Indians, like in the I don't know end of the nineteenth, beginning of the twentieth century, there's a high likelihood that you ate human flesh because they would just kill each other and then feed like the enemy to whoever they met. Oh, interesting. Yeah, super That's... fucked up. Why waste it? It's uh, true. What, cannibalism has come up two different times for me in the last 24 hours, and no. now I can't remember the other instance <laughs> of it. <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'm trying to think of like what I was... Third time I've been the reading. charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I've been reading, like, you know, what I've been consuming, you know, movie or reading-wise that would have cannibalism reference. I mean, they're, not that, they're really close because they're eating like monkeys and primates or whatever. So they just look at it like, oh, it's like a hairless primate. Yeah. 
shouting weird shit at me. Yeah. Some other language. Just like a primate. Fuck. Yeah. Damn. I mean, it, uh, the the fucking amount of hunting that they do just to like they're it's fucking fascinating. I've been like enthralled by it cuz I had no idea. That book you let yeah. me borrow? Yeah. Is that a true fucking story? Yes. No shit. Yeah, Rios Cordova, yeah. Wow. The yeah, the uh uh, Wizard of the Upper Amazon. Okay, gets yeah. kid. This guy gets kid. He's a, a rubber. Um, he's like fifteen, and he's uh, tapping rubber trees in the Amazon. So they have he to gets go kidnapped. really deep. Yeah, gets kidnapped, yeah. fucking abducted uh, by the Hunakuni. Uh, uh, Hunakuni, yeah. And they take him in. They kill everybody that he's with, and they basically adopt him to teach him how to be the new chief. Well, don't ruin it for me. I'm only like sixty pages in. Oh yeah. Well. I mean, I see the direction it's going, but yeah, it's fucked up. It's super cool because it could just as easily be like a nonfiction or fiction. Yeah, it could for sure. Well, there, there. What I thought was fascinating was all the kind of like coral because that book was written in the 30s or 40s, maybe. I didn't look, but Uh, I know it was a long time ago. Maybe was it written in the 70s or something, uh, and then it was republished later because it went out of print for a couple decades. can't they, have that shit out there floating around there. His experience when he's talking about like adapting to their diet, which is almost all dried meats and like a fruit gruel. Okay. And he's doing these like nine day efforts running through the forest. They're like running him and he stops to drink water and they won't let him drink water because he'll cramp up. So they're feeding him this like, you know, solution that's like fruit and weird berries and salted meats. Yeah. To, and he's like able to go forever and then he goes into trade at like a local brazilian like trading post um to see if they can't get some goods for hunting and some other things and he eats the food because he's like oh man i haven't had a real meal in like two years so he eats like beans and rice and all this super palatable food and he's just shitting himself for like fucking days <laughs> yeah. and they go oh no we need to cure you and they give him meat and berries and then within like two days, he's fine. He's like, it makes him super sick. And he's just talking about an industrial diet in comparison to what um, the the Indian tribe eats. And it's like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so there's a bunch of sick people walking around is what you're saying. Yeah. A lot of them. Probably yeah. a lot more than we think. Well, what's the sadder part is that you become adapted to that. Yeah. Like your bowels become adapted to a, a normal diet these days. Like imagine... You being regular and eating McDonald's three days uh, or three times a day or something, like that's probably a bigger problem than it making you sick. That's stinky. Oh, I'm sure of it. That's disgusting. I don't know. It's super weird. Anyway, I think after like four days, I'd be like, I can't eat McDonald's ever again. Yeah, there's no fucking way. I just can't. I mean, you think you'd make it that? Yeah, I, I could go I for you could get enough variety in a week to probably be cool, but after that it'd be like, oh, I got to go back to the Big Mac. Fuck. <laughs> and then you start to realize that everything tastes the same. I mean, I yeah. used to get their chicken nuggets like every day cuz I had like no money and it was 5 bucks for like 20, a 20 piece, yeah. So, yeah. so I'd eat like 20 chicken nuggets. And by the last chicken nugget, it was like, I fucking can't do this anymore. It's disgusting. And then you dip it in the sweet and sour and you're like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got <laughs> you're like, I'll just change the sauces. Oh, barbecue's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. Got my got my corn syrup on. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I think that's one of the things I've noticed about just eating meat lately 
is how hypersensitive you are to overseasoned food or hypersweet food. Uh, we were talking about it because we'll still eat ice cream, but it has to be a very specific ice cream. Like the coffee flavor from Haagen Dazs mm-hmm. is not as sweet. So it tastes like okay. really good, refreshing. If you try anything other than that, it's fucking Remember it's how unbearable. I f- fell in love with Cherry Garcia? Yeah. Well, I am not in love with that anymore. For sure. Oh, I remember I, that was a several. That, that's not that many episodes ago, No. Man. Yeah. So I got a pint of coffee Haagen-Dazs, yeah. and I was like, fuck it. I'll get a Cherry Garcia. Yeah. I ate the Haagen-Dazs first, went for the Cherry Garcia, oh, yeah. and the vanilla or whatever that yeah, ice cream is. So sweet. It was so sweet. And it, I, like, I didn't even finish it. Yeah. Which I've never not finished ice cream before, but yeah. it, like it wasn't palatable yeah. at all. It's funny. Aaron was saying that in the kitchen. She was yeah. making meat soup, yeah. um, <laughs> and she was just saying it's it's crazy after you know however many weeks that she's been doing. She's just like I just don't have any cravings for yeah. like, carbs and sugar and stuff anymore. Yeah, it's it's and, it's more or less the coldness of it, like okay. the textural difference is what you go. But if you pulled all the sugar out of it, I'd be just as into it. Like yeah. we made ice cream the other day with just like it had maybe a tablespoon of honey in it. Mm-hmm. It was fucking phenomenal. It was like one of the best things I've ever had. But it, texturally, you it's want also it. 100 and fucking degrees outside. Yeah. So something cold's just unbelievably refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've also noticed that things that are seasoned well and smell good yeah. smell so much better to me. Yes. Like Aaron's food always smells good. Yeah. It smells fucking amazing now. Oh, yeah. Her soup. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's, it's really bizarre. I don't, I mean that, so I was doing this like carnivore thing and reading this book at the same time. And I like, man, if I put fruit around my like exercise or even just like a little bit of honey, it totally changes it. Like I don't need as much water. I don't need, like there's all these weird things that are happening. And also like, it's really funny how little we know about endurance efforts, even though tribes for a thousand years have known don't guzzle water don't like they have all these rules and they'll use pemmican they'll use like fat sources they'll have salt um they knew how to do it like they're running for nine days nonstop or whatever and not on a track or a well manicured trail for sure i mean that that was probably the most like how they move through the jungle in totally uncut jungle and just like at a you know a pace that's abnormal like they're they're running all day all night and they don't stop and you're like that's a well they they they're in danger if you stop so you just keep fucking moving like there's jaguars and shit they'll eat you uh george got into uh i guess a text message facebook debate with the nutrition coach for softleet um and she was saying you know the research shows like carbs before endurance always like it's the only way to do it because that's what the research shows you're just like, but who are you researching? Like people that can't burn fat as fuel. They can only burn carbs. You take away their carbs and they bonk or they crash or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, well, no fucking shit. Like if like you can run off a of diesel, but you can't put diesel into a car that's used to using gas and think it's going to go anywhere. It'll run. <laughs> sure. Um, not well. Right. And then you'll have the embarrassing moment of the um fuelmistake.com van coming up to flush your fucking tank and engine <laughs> uh so i just got sent a really fucked up video it seems like there was a it seems like there was a video on the beirut thing and there's a negative filming of it and you can actually see a projectile hit it 
All right. Okay. Man, I was just making a really good point, I think, too. All right. While we uh, put our tinfoil hats on and <laughs> dive into this, I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> just because. We're going to get into know. conspiracy theories. I don't, it's yeah. super interesting. I, I didn't. I heard about it on the news, but I have no idea. I heard it's fireworks and then it was something else. It seems like there's a lot of conjecture around it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It, it'll. The truth will not come out in the next few days. Sure. 